0: to be with you. It's an honor and a privilege for me to share the Word of God with you week by week. I appreciate your prayers as we look at the source of our hope and our strength and our guidance, God's Word. I'm sharing a series of sermons on the miracles of Jesus. And this month we're looking at the healing miracles of Jesus. And uh, today we want to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. Luke 5, 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. So let me stop for a moment and uh, share with you about. That's good. I don't like the raining or something. Let's see how, let's, let's experiment for a minute and see if we can get started here. How do you? See if that helps. Helping. That's gonna be distracting. Let's see if we can do this. How's that? Maybe that'll work. All right, let me try this for a second, see how that goes. Okay, thank you for bearing with us for a moment. Don't want it to be a distraction from God's Word. How's that? We, you think we're better? All right, let's, uh, let's go with this and see here just a second. All right, so today we want to look at a passage where Jesus heals leprosy. So I want to take a moment, give you a little background, tell you uh, about leprosy. It was a terrible skin disease. It was one of the most feared diseases of the day because uh, it was hard to cure and because uh, it ostracized the person who was involved in it. In Leviticus chapter 13 is a chapter of the Bible that tells the symptoms and the diagnosis of leprosy. Uh, and it tells about, all about open sores and color of hair and the wounds and all those things. This is one of the places if you start to read the Bible through, you often get bogged down. Okay, At the end of Leviticus 13, I want to read you a couple of verses where it shares the results. If you get diagnosed with leprosy, here's what you have to do. Reading Leviticus 13, 45 and 46. Anyone with such a deviling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. So if you're diagnosed, according to Leviticus 13, and the priest pronounces that you have leprosy, you have to wear your hair unkempt, you have to cover the lower part of your face, you have to tear your clothes these are visible clues to the people around you that you're unclean so they'll stay away from you and then you have to call out to anybody who comes near you, don't get near me, I'm unclean unclean, that'd do a lot for your self esteem wouldn't it and then you can't live In the city or in the camp, you have to live outside the city gates or outside the camp. So you're cut off from your family, no more Christmas dinners, no more interaction with people. A terrible ostracism, a terrible stigma in addition to the physical suffering. And so in Luke chapter 5 verse 12, it says that a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So he'd heard about Jesus undoubtedly. He knew of Jesus' healing power. He didn't know of Jesus' will. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus did an amazing thing. The Bible says in verse 13, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. No one touched a leper. Leviticus said that if you touched a leper you became unclean for a period until it became clear you didn't have the disease as well. This man had probably not felt a human touch maybe in many years. Never a handshake, never a hug, never a pat on the back and Jesus touched him. Jesus didn't have to touch him. We saw last week that Jesus could heal by his word. He said As we saw last week to the man who was paralyzed on a mat. Rise, take up your mat and walk. He could heal by his word. So Jesus, I think, deliberately reaches out and touches this leper. He identifies with him. He associates with him. He shows compassion and love to him by his touch. And it says in verse 13, And immediately the leprosy left him. And then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone. Uh, Early in his ministry, Jesus did not want great crowds knowing of his miraculous healing because he was concentrating on on his message. You remember how when he fed the 5,000, they tried by force to make him king. He does not want that. He wants to show compassion, but it's not yet time to fully reveal himself. Uh, And so he says, don't tell anyone, but go yourself, show yourself to the priest And offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And so in Leviticus 14, the chapter after we read a moment ago, it has detailed instructions that if you um, are over leprosy, if you somehow have remission or a cure, then you go to the priest and there are, is a sacrifice to make, two birds, one is killed and the blood is sprinkled on you and one is let free and you stay there for seven days. An elaborate process and he says, go and do this, what it says bit, Leviticus 14, as a testimony to them. He does want these religious leaders to know him and to see his power that they might believe. The man. We don't know if the man did the second thing, going to the priest. We know he didn't do the first thing, keeping quiet. One of the other gospels who records this account says that he told everyone. And this verse says, uh, in verse 15, the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Isn't it ironic? Jesus told this man not to tell. He couldn't help telling because he had met Jesus. He tells us to tell and we don't tell. one way to apply a bible passage to our lives especially a narrative a bible story is to find where do i fit in ask yourself the question where am i in this story there are two characters here can you identify with either of these two characters first of all could you identify with this man who has leprosy now you probably don't have leprosy, I know. Leprosy now is a rare disease, at least in the United States, not so rare in tropical countries. Only about 150 cases of leprosy a year in the United States. 95% of the people, according to the CDC, are immune to leprosy. Um, But there are about 150 cases a year in the United States. Interestingly, um, about a third of those come from being in contact with armadillos. Armadillos are the only non-human species that we know of that carries leprosy. So armadillos are increasing in in, uh, expanding their range in the southeastern United States, more in our area than ever before. And uh, so armadillos are a source of leprosy. Uh, 30 or 40 of the cases, according to CDC a year, come from contact with, with armadillos, Probably somewhat from eating their flesh. If you're going to eat an armadillo, cook it thoroughly, and maybe wear gloves when you clean it. This is content you don't get anywhere else, right? (laughs) This is information that that you don't get anywhere else. So you're you're probably not going to get leprosy. Odds are very, very small. But maybe you felt like this man must have felt. Maybe you felt unclean. Maybe you felt unworthy, unloved. Maybe you felt ostracized, alone or outcast. And the good news for you today is that Jesus reaches out to you. He reaches out to unclean people. He reaches out to those that other people don't want to have contact with. Jesus is showing us by this that he cares for you. No matter how what your past, no matter what your failures No matter if you feel I've got a label on me that says unclean because of my past, Jesus cares. Jesus reaches out to you and would make you clean. It may be that some of us ought to identify with this leper. Uh, It may be that some of us who feel like we're in great shape ought to take the posture of this one who fell at his feet with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I had a friend uh, in seminary, when I was in seminary, and I asked him his story of how he became a Christian, how he came to Christ. And he told me of uh, a time in his life when he felt uh, proud and independent and didn't need God in his life, didn't want God in his life, And he said, I I came home one day to my apartment and things had not been going well. My girlfriend was there and I I was using drugs and she had gotten mad and thrown the drugs out. And I came in to search for them and the drugs were gone. I got mad at her, asked her what she did with them. She said, I put them in the garbage and threw them in the dumpster. Then I went downstairs outside the apartment building to the big dumpster that was there. And I leaned over into the dumpster and started pulling bags of trash apart, looking for my drugs. And he said, as I pulled that smelly garbage apart and scattered it around, he said, I leaned too far, and I flipped over into the dumpster, toppled into the dumpster, and there I was flat on my back covered in garbage and smelly stuff. And he said, I just lay there and looked up through the top of that dumpster into the sky, and I said, is this what my life has come to? That I'm searching for drugs in a dumpster, and I'm lying here covered in filth. And he said, I got on my knees in that dumpster and I said, God, would you help me? I'm a mess. I need you. I'm saying to you as you apply this story, you may feel very distant from this leper when maybe you ought to identify with him. Would you just recognize you don't have it all together, that you're not self-sufficient and independent? Would you come to the posture of this one who says, I'm unclean, would you fall at the Feet of Jesus and say Lord if you're willing you can make me clean because when you come to that posture you're in the posture where Jesus can and will make you clean or it may be that as you apply this story to your life You need to identify with Jesus. And you say, well, how would I identify with Jesus in this story? And it may be that Jesus is calling you after you've come to him and and found his, his cleansing, liberating, forgiving power, that he's calling you to reach out to people who are unclean. Did you know that throughout Christian history since this time, because of this story and others like it in the scriptures, that Christians have been the ones who have reached out to lepers? That people have followed the example of Jesus and his model here? 1937, a nurse living in Kansas by the name of Martha Wall Was sitting in a church like you are listening to a sermon and she felt God stirring in her heart and calling her to missions and she became a missionary with Sudan interior mission and she went to Nigeria and she began to work as a nurse in the leper colonies throughout history there have been people like this who are ostracized and put into colonies so that they will not infect others and she found in Nigeria that when Lepers had children their children were taken away from them lest they contract the disease and so she developed children's centers in Nigeria next to leper colonies so that the children could at least be near their parents without contracting the disease Why would a person give their life to do something like that? Because we follow the one who reached out and touched a leper In 1950, a Catholic nun named Teresa went to Calcutta and opened a place called City of Peace for dying lepers to come and to have hospice care and opened leper clinics throughout Calcutta that would give food and dressings, bandages and and medicine to lepers and became known as Mother Teresa and gave her life to caring for lepers and other like that in Calcutta why would somebody do something like that because we have been transformed by the one who reached out to those who were untouchable even in our country there have been leper colonies in Carville Louisiana up until the the 1980s about 1990 the last leper colony in the continental United States closed in Carville on the island of Hawaii, there is still a colony with only just a handful of people on the island of Molokai in a remote area with cliffs on one side and the sea on the other. Native Hawaiians were had low immunity to to leprosy, brought there by those who came to the out, from the outside. And from 1860 to 1960, eight thousand people taken from their homes, exiled to this leper colony on the island of Molokai where they would spend the rest of their lives. Some of them married and had children. As soon as they had children, their children would be taken away from them. And now they don't have to stay there, but there's still just a handful that are still living there today because they've lived there all their lives. Who would want to go there? Well, one preacher did. A Catholic priest named Damien went and gave his life contracted the disease while ministering among them, died, and is buried there in that colony. Who, who would voluntarily go to a place like that? Those who follow the one who reached out to a leper. It's not just been leprosy that Christians have followed this example of Jesus. In the summer of 1878, there was a yellow fever epidemic in the city of Memphis, Tennessee. And at the height of the epidemic, 70 people a day dying from yellow fever in the summer of 1878 in Memphis. They didn't know what caused it. Now we know yellow fever was spread by mosquitoes. They did not know that. And the people of Memphis fled the city. Uh, at the, in the summer, By the end of the summer, there are only 20,000 people left in the city of, of Memphis. Everybody was going anywhere they could to relatives somewhere else in Tennessee to, to stay, to get away from that yellow fever epidemic. There were two Catholic nuns who taught at a girls' school in Memphis, but happened that summer when school was out to be spending the summer in upstate New York. And they heard about the yellow fever epidemic. And you know what they did? They went back to Memphis. They didn't have to. Could have spent the rest of the summer in New York. But they went back. And they spent that summer ministering in homes where the fever would spread rapidly, they said. And maybe you got it on Friday and by Sunday you were dead. And there would be homes with Children where the parents had died, and they'd go in and rescue those children or or go in and make arrangements for burial for people who were were dead in their homes. Throughout that summer, they ministered in the name of Christ near the end of the summer. One of them, Sister Constance, told Thecla, the other of the two, I think I feel sick. But she refused to lie down because she knew if she lay, lay down on a mattress, it would have to be burned as soon as she died. and No one else could use it. Refused to lie down. Only minutes later, Sister Thecla said, I'm afraid I've got a fever too. They both died. And they're buried in Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis. Four nuns buried there with their heads close together. Their graves form a cross. The shape of a cross, they're buried there. Why? Would they do something like that? They're following the example of the one who reached out and touched a leper. And that changes people. And so, as you think about, perhaps some of you are young people thinking about, what am I going to do with my life? And maybe God would call you, as he called these people, to be involved in missions or to be involved in a helping ministry or to give your life helping people in the name of Jesus who extraordinarily reached out and touched a leper. Christians have been the ones who've ministered to Ebola patients and AIDS victims. And even now with coronavirus in the Wuhan province of of China, they're telling us that that pastors are on the streets handing out surgical masks and gospel tracts in the streets of that province because Christians have been transformed by the one who reached out and touched a leper. Or maybe, on a smaller scale, God speaks to you simply about befriending someone who has in your school been ostracized or someone that in some other way is bullied or looked down upon is there someone that you ought to reach out to is there somebody of another race or another lifestyle or another uh, past that's different from yours that in the name of Jesus you ought to befriend you ought to show the love of of Christ. What's God saying to you? I want to give you two invitations. First of all, would you identify with this leper? Would you say, Lord, I'm unclean, and I need you to make me clean. Would you humble yourself, fall before Jesus, and find that wholeness that only he can give. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing an invitation. I'm going to invite you to come and say, I I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to ask him to cleanse me, forgive me, heal me. And I'm also going to give you the opportunity to come and say, I want to be like Jesus. He has saved me. And I want to have the compassion that he had Maybe God's calling you to a a life of ministry or missions. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to come forward that we could rejoice with you and affirm you and pray for you. Or maybe in your life where you stand, the the posture of my life does not need to be self-centered. It needs to be like the one who touched this leper. Would you stand together with me as we sing a song of invitation? I invite you to come and become a follower of Jesus. I invite you to come join our church. I invite you to pray. Maybe you want to pray for Jesus to heal you, to help you. There'll be somebody glad to pray with you. I invite you to come and and follow Jesus as he calls you in his life.